Welcome to the SOAR podcast. Thank you for your support. If you want to continue to support this podcast, there are a few things you can do for me. Please like, subscribe, and share. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you would give me a five-star rating. And if you really feel motivated, go ahead and write a review. So welcome to SOAR, the Sisters Overcoming and Rising podcast. I'm Dr. Stephanie, your host, and I'm here to help women overcome limiting beliefs so that they can live their best lives. Sisters, come together now, come together now. It's time to help each other out, help each other out. It's time for transformation, time for healing. You've got the potential, you've got the power now. Sisters, overcoming and rising. Inspiration, interviews, and more. A sisterhood for healing and empowerment. Join Dr. Stephanie and Soar. Welcome back to Soar and our topic for tonight. From heartbreak to happy, healing from divorce, infidelity, and more. And I'd like to introduce my guest who's going to help us dive into this topic. And I'm just going to go straight to her bio. When a woman's partner is unfaithful, it's not uncommon for their entire life to unravel. This unraveling is what was used not only as the catalyst for Stephanie's brokenness, but the passion behind her healing and restoration. Stephanie's passion and pleasure is to see women bounce back from whatever was the catalyst for their brokenness or stressful experience. Forgive everyone who hurt them and live out their God-given purpose. She helps Christians go from heartbreak to happy so that ultimately they grow and have the power and passion to be free to love. Her education and training includes an MBA in marketing, certification in PrEP, a scientifically based empirically tested method of teaching relationship education sponsored by the National Institutes of Health, a licensed facilitator of identity and destiny, which provides a step-by-step guide to help you find, know, and live your God-given purpose. So the next voice you'll hear will be Stephanie McNeil. Welcome to SOAR, Stephanie. Thank you. It's great to have my namesake on the show. This is a, another SOAR first. And this is a topic that many women can relate to, but don't normally talk about except for with their close circle of friends. But I think that when we give voice to our experiences, whether they're good or bad, it helps us to heal them. So I'm so excited that you are courageous and brave enough to come on the show and talk about this topic. Well, thank you for having me. Um, And as you said, yes, this is something that we don't talk about. However, I want to be a catalyst for removing the stigma, the shame and all of that behind it, because so many people go through it and you know, it really was the catalyst that propelled me into my destiny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that um, that sounds pretty amazing. And, and that often happens. Sometimes it's the experience that you don't want to have the pain that really propels you into your purpose. So mm-hmm. if you could please just share with us your personal story. OK, so like I said, um, you know, it wasn't anything that I just raised my hand and said, hey, This is what I want to do in life. You know, basically, I my idea was to start a marketing company 
And then I would create this online community of women on the side. However, when I couldn't get the vision for the marketing company and I was led to, you know, no, just forget about the marketing company and just focus on this online community of women. And what happened is that and how I got to that point is that after years of really tolerating infidelity in my marriage for a long time uh, and after attending the funeral of my father, who was an amazing man. However, he had been suffering with Alzheimer's. And mm. I don't know if you or any of your listeners know about Alzheimer's, but what happens is that it changes who they are as a person. And so really every day that you encounter them, you might see a different person. And so you just kind of adapt to who they are today. So when I went to my dad's mm -hmm. funeral, I remembered my daddy. You know, I remembered the amazing man that he was and, and all the things that he did with his life. So when I returned home from the funeral, I was just like, really? I mean, I was, of course, I was at a loss for my dad. However, I was also at a loss for myself because I said, okay, Stephanie, your dad is gone, you know, but, and he was a great man. He is leaving an amazing legacy. What mm -hmm. kind of legacy are you leaving? And so um, when I looked at my situation, it was really, it was pitiful. It was, it was terrible. And so that led me on my quest to really um, find out who I am and what my purpose is. Mm. That's a very moving story. And again, something that I think many people can relate to those moments of awakening. Um, you're, you're watching a loved one or seeing the finality of their life, making you reflect on your own life and your own legacy. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned infidelity. What advice would you give for someone who has a partner that is unfaithful and they don't really know what to do? Yeah. You know, that's a really um, devastating thing to find out. Um, the first thing that I would, uh, if I had to go and do it all over again, so how I would recommend is that I think that they need to understand that infidelity doesn't just happen. It mm -hmm. is a series of compromises. It is a series of deception and lies and darkness in a way that probably starts with communication. And it really, all of that darkness and compromise and deception really gives way to the actual act. I don't think people really wake up one day and, you know, commit adultery. It is a pattern of behaving, in my opinion, and, and, um, and communicating. So if you find out that your partner has betrayed you, um, don't do like, you know, I was counseled. Oh, well, it's just one time. Well, it's just one time that he was caught. Okay. Who knows how many times that has happened. So mm -hmm. I would, in a situation like that, I would definitely do drastic things, separate, if, if possible, move out, not for the purpose of ending the relationship, but for the purpose of examining what is going on right here and how can we fix it? Is it salvageable? Because like I said, people don't wake up just one day and just do it. Most of the times there's a whole system of thinking and way of being and living. 
And so I would really take the most drastic action at that moment in time because I feel like at that moment that the relationship, ha if you get help, has the greatest chance of surviving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Like some people have said that a lot of times women know before they know. So before you see, before you actually find out and the evidence is before you, you have like an inkling or a second mm -hmm. sense, a second mm -hmm. sense that sometimes we ignore. Would you say that you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, you know, when you are married, you know, the idea is that the two becomes one. And so mm -hmm. even if you uh, can't sense it, I'm sorry, if you can't see it, I believe you can sense it. Uh, mm -hmm. Because if you're connected to someone, there's a, you know, people, all everybody gets into a pattern, right? And so you, you realize that there's some type of break in the pattern. I remember, you know, when I started to feel that break in the pattern, but I didn't have the tools to mm -hmm. really do anything about it. I mean, what I did was I tried to control, control, control. You know, I tried to reel him in, but, you know, that's not the way to do it. You know, the, the, the way to do it is to get help at that point in time to find out. But, you know, that requires, you know, open communication on both ends. So definitely, I believe that, you know, we have uh, intuition uh, if patterns are being broken, things are different. I would definitely pay attention to that because if you think something, you know, sometimes it's, it's, you're likely right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now on, on this show, we talk a lot about limiting beliefs and those things that we believe to be true that hold us back from our, from our purpose, from our potential or from moving forward. And I feel like there are a lot of limiting beliefs around divorce. And so I just wanted to ask you what limiting beliefs came up for you or did you have to overcome in your situation and what limiting beliefs come up when you work with other people and your clients? Yeah. Um, you know what? My entire identity was hijacked um, because I had being in um, a situation of infidelity in my marriage for so long, I had established a whole entire identity of being a victim. You know, I used to throw professional pity parties and my friends because they loved me. They held court. You know, mm -hmm. um, I had to make a choice uh, at a point in time of whether I was going to be pitiful or I was going to be powerful. But you cannot be both at the same time. And really that reality of standing in your power or standing as a victim is a daily conscious choice. And so once I did divorce, I had to rediscover who I am. What do I like? How do I want to show up? What boundaries do I have? You know, um, I had to rediscover who I am as a result, you know, we're, I was just reading something yesterday. It says every five years, like we're never the same person that we were five years ago. And so having gone through what I went through, one of my greatest heart cry was, God, please don't let what I've gone through be in vain. Like 
I knew that there was a purpose for it. I didn't know it at the time. And it was to do the work that I'm doing now with forgiveness. Yeah, forgiveness. That That is a perfect segue. That was uh, that's something that we've talked about before. I think the last time we spoke, we talked about forgiveness. And you state that forgiveness is the master key to unlock that which is stalled, hidden, or stuck in your life. And I definitely agree that that is true. But I also find that forgiveness is one of the hardest things for people to do, um, my, myself included. So what do you tell someone who's been betrayed by infidelity and they are just crushed to their core about how to forgive? Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it, and it's not just for infidelities for anything. Okay. It is uh, first and foremost a choice. It is a daily count conscious choice and it is a journey. You know, the very definition of forgiveness says that, yes, you were offended. Yes, it was wrong. It continues to be wrong. But as an act of mercy, you give up your right to your anger. You give up right to resentment. And really, it is an act of mercy towards someone who doesn't deserve it. You know, and I'd like to add that really, if you really think about it, forgiveness is not hard. What's hard is giving up our rights, giving up our rights for resentment giving up our rights, you know, to be held captive to shame, you know, giving up anger, rage and whatever else uh, way that your anger is manifesting. That's the part that's hard. The forgiveness, that's that's a choice. Right. But that residue, that collateral damage, that's the part that's hard. Yeah, uh, I like the way you said that, because sometimes it'll come up that you know, people continue to get triggered by certain things because that residue is still there, that resentment, that that hurt, that anger. Why do you think that part is so hard to give up? And how how do you help people give that up? You know, um, like I said, it is a choice. Um, we have to really surrender. Um, and that's really part of the process of forgiveness as part of the steps is um really kind of identifying with the offender like what 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 was going on with them and you know getting to a point where you understand them not that you get let them get away with it right but you must understand or get to the point that we may have some of the same hurts or whatever just to be able to identify with the offender because when you get to the end of your forgiveness process, you actually give the offender a gift, right? And it's not necessarily a gift that you go to the store and you buy them something. It's something that is meaningful, okay? So say for instance, when I went through one of my processes of forgiveness, because let me tell you, like I said, it's a journey and a daily choice. I have literally gone through my own process. I'm, I'm about to do it again for the fifth time. But mm -hmm. one of the gifts that I gave my ex-husband was the gift of just being kind. Mm. Because we have children together. They are very close to their father. We have children that are still in the home. So a perfect gift for me to give him is to just be kind to him. 
mm-hmm. because I was not kind. <laughs> I was a yeah. scorned woman. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> was not. I was not. So yeah, yeah. That that's beautiful, and and that definitely speaks to forgiveness when you can give that kindness and it's coming from your heart and it's not just an act. Um, as people say, kill them with kindness. Like you're not trying to do it to get back at them, but it's truly coming from your heart and it's a gift. So you, we talk about forgiveness, but what are some of the other key elements needed for healing to go from heartbreak to happy, which is the topic of this conversation? Mm -hmm. You know, these are so, these questions are really good because, you know, whenever you talk about forgiveness, a lot of times, especially in a situation where there's infidelity or things like that, one of the number one things, uh, especially for women too, or people that are divorced is forgiving yourself, you know, because we can be so hard on ourselves because why did I do this? And why did I do that? And why did I do that? So that self forgiveness part is so important and then boundaries you know developing strong boundaries you know knowing where your responsibility starts and end and not allowing other people to um you know violate because a lot of times when we establish boundaries where there were none you know everybody's not going to be happy about that and then another big one is self-compassion uh, and that kind of ties in with that self-forgiveness, you know, really treating yourself the way you would treat a friend. Because sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves and we wouldn't even treat a friend like that. And so um, those are some of the things um, that that are needed. And you know what, too? It is I found that there t- there takes three things to keep you supported in healing. And that's um, process, accountability, and community. And so that's one of the things that I created for, for, for women, you know, because we need that. We need a process. We need accountability. It's hard for people to change without accountability. And then community makes the healing more enjoyable. Uh, you feel supported. And you also stay motivated to continue in the journey. Yeah. You you mentioned a little bit about the community. You said you created the online community and definitely um I uh, I know that accountability is key. And you alluded to your process. You said you said you're going through your forgiveness process for the fifth time. Can you talk a little bit more about the process? So there are actually eight eight stages to forgiveness and I really uh am going to um explain it in terms of like growing a a beautiful flower so first you have the debut that's the beginning or whatever and then step two is the dredging that's when uh you clean out uh you know all of the things that have been piled on you know a lot of times when people are going to do some forgiveness work there's it, it didn't just happen right this is something that's been going on for long so you have to prepare the soil and then the next step is um, step three was a, is is to make a decision. You know, a lot of times people say that you have to make a decision. Right. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of times like you make this decision with your head. But there comes mm-hmm. a time that you have to make a decision with your heart. 
and really mean it and commit to it. And then stage four is the digging. That's when we're cultivating uh, your heart because all of this stuff happens. That unforgiveness, it's, it's lodged in your heart, right? Yeah. So we have to cultivate. We have to till it. We have to plow it. We have to break up all of that hardness. You know, it says that, you know, why do we even get divorced? It's because of the hardness of the heart, right? It's the hardness mm -hmm. of the man. And then step five is discovery. And that's when you're going through the stage of really, when I was talking about empathizing with the offender and, you know, really exploring that so you can get to a point where you can empathize. So you will have the wherewithal to even want to give that offender a gift. And then uh, stage six is discharging. So after, you know, we've dug all of this stuff out, we brought everything out into the open. Now we start to let it go. We start to let it go. And then step uh, seven is demonstration. That's when you really validate your forgiveness. You have to walk mm -hmm. it out, right? We always yes. have to have proof points. And, and that's in step uh, seven. And then step eight is destiny. That's when we really start to walk in the new identity. Because what I have discovered is that, you know, like I said before with me, I had developed a whole identity around being a victim. And mm -hmm. so in order to walk in destiny, we have to be a new creation. We have to have a new identity. And that's where we start that work in step eight. That is really powerful because I think sometimes we think that forgiveness is just saying, OK, I forgive you and just moving on. And then. <laughs> Right. And and I think sometimes we think it's that simple and mm -hmm. just breaking it down into those steps makes so much sense. It really is a lot of work and it is a process. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It really is. But I tell you, it is it has created the most joy in my life because I am regaining who I am. Right. And uh, I have more depth to who I am. Like before I was just a shallow, naive little girl. Now I'm a full grown woman, you know, and that just feels so good. It feels like so freeing that I can really be who God made me to be now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there was something else I was curious about. You are a licensed facilitator of identity and destiny and destiny was the seventh step that you just mentioned. And this, from what I understand, is a step-by-step -step guide to help you find, know, and live your God-given purpose. So is that where this process comes from and what else is involved in being um, a facilitator? Oh, yeah. You know, I really believe that every single person, especially if you are a believer in Christ, needs to go through identity and destiny because it really does give light to the scripture that says before I knew you and before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And so it really helps you to discern what is your identity as far as when you are being knit in your in your mother's womb. What did God think? What are his thoughts towards you? What did he want you to be? And uh, and then in terms of once you know your identity, how do you how are you supposed to show up in the world? What is your destiny? What what work are you supposed to do in the world? 
And that really has been my North Star. It's been my guiding light for the past eight years. But that process right there is totally different from the forgiveness process that I talked about. The forgiveness process that I utilize is really based on 30 years of research from the um, Institute of Forgiveness or Forgiveness Institute, um, which is at the University of Wisconsin. So those are two different uh Two different, I call them spiritual development programs, actually. Love it. So you've got lots of tools at your disposal when you are talking to people and supporting them in the, in the process of finding their identity or in dealing with forgiveness and basically in, in healing and going from, you know, heartbroken to happy. So, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it really takes a variety of things because everything will give you a new dimension of who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have another tool, which is your podcast um, and your podcast is called Free to Love. Uh, and that's how we got connected. Um, we both discovered each other's podcast. Yes. So your podcast right now is dealing with conversations about race and religion, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, the really the overarching goal in the podcast is to promote understanding between men and women. Um, and I really want to facilitate reconciliation by harnessing the power of the woman's influence. And so we do that by discussing, you know, taboo topics and secret subjects such as infidelity, such as mental and emotional abuse, racism, power control, and all of these things that really affect our mental and emotional health, which in turn affects how we show up in the world, right? So what I want to do is identify and expose those roots and entry points. Um, because they really, they really affect us. And if they affect us, they affect our community. And so I really want to, you know, destroy stereotypes and uh, promote understanding and under the umbrella of forgiveness. Mm, that is beautiful. And that is much needed work in the world today. And, and I love the appreciation that you have that we need both. We need strong and healed men and we need strong and healed women and wanting to to bring both of them together to do that healing work that's that's beautiful yeah oh i i really believe you know women i, I don't know if you've heard it say that um you know if you heal a woman you healed a nation and so it's through our influence that we can really help to create a shift you know in relationships i mean we're not the be all end all but we can really use our power to influence for the common good now i have definitely heard that and i am a firm believer that when women heal then their families heal their communities heal and we ultimately can um, heal the world because we just have so much influence and so much power and i think that a lot of times we have been told that we don't have as much power as we do and mm -hmm. us learning and waking up to the fact that we do have that work is is much needed and it's a it's a wonderful thing so when you think about 
the topic, which is from heartbreak to happy, healing from divorce, infidelity, and more. What else would you like to say about that subject and share with me and my listeners? Yeah. Um, really, what I want to do is encourage people to assess themselves. You know, mm-hmm. to me, there's hardly a person out there that doesn't need some kind of forgiveness work because, you know, just like you said earlier, people think that if you say, I forgive you, that that's the end of it when mm-hmm. actually that's the start. And um, though I really ha- have a litmus test to, sh- to tell you, to clue you in on whether or not you have some work to do. So if you still have negative thoughts, feelings or actions towards the person, the place, the thing or even the institution, uh, mm-hmm. then, then you have some work to do, you know, and that is a, a good way. Like a lot of times the way that people deal with they said, I forgive you. But I will never forget. Right. Mm -hmm. And really forgiveness, true forgiveness involves remembering because there are certain things that you will never forget. But what you do is you choose to let go of the anger and the hurt and whatever else you feel about it, about the situation. You you choose to let it go. Like I said, as an act of mercy. Um, Another thing that people do commonly when um, they say they've forgiven someone when they really haven't is that they just banish that person off the face of the earth. They, they will never see, they will. I mean, I was mm-hmm. speaking to someone and they said, I will just, if, if they walked in the room, they would be invisible. So, you know, that's a negative feeling and a thought yeah. that you have towards that person. So that is evidence that you haven't, but what it is about the fact that we don't want to, um, admit that we have unforgiveness mm-hmm. like <laughs> that right there is such a hard thing uh, but what I say all the time too is that if you buried that resentment if you buried that hurt if you buried that bitterness it's still alive and it's manifesting somewhere in your life mm-hmm. and I really I really do yourself a favor um, do your uh, the people that are around you a, a favor and really take a look at that and let's let's get let's do some work on that because it's really like I said it's not a hard thing but the hard thing is you know going through those steps going through that process but the freedom that you experience it once it's behind you is amazing yeah Absolutely. I agree with that. The freedom and the ability to experience the positive emotions amplified. I think a lot of times when there's unforgiveness, you think that you're experiencing love. You think that you're experiencing joy, but it's muted because it's muted by that unforgiveness. And once you're able to unearth that, dig it out and get rid of it and let it go, you are open and expanded and boundless and, and all of the other good things that you experience are amplified. So it's well worth it. But you're right. It is difficult for people to admit that they have unforgiveness. I think sometimes we bury it so deep and we put it so far away that we forget ourselves that it's there. And it takes mm-hmm. it takes somebody pointing out either how it's showing up or it takes us realizing that we want to show up differently 
to have the courage to to look and see, okay, well, what's there that that I might need to work through? Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of the signs, you know, if you have that anxiety, sometimes I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes that I, I anxiety, once you really peel back the layers, there's some unforgiveness, fear. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of unforgiveness tied into fear, um, sarcasm, like people think sarcasm is cute. I think sarcasm is anger covered up, you know, and sort of that passive aggressiveness. But also, in addition to that, the unforgiveness of the things that we bury shows up in our health. You know, high mm. blood pressure, high blood pressure, diabetes, all of these things um, can be managed because of or by letting go, you know, stress. Because when we're stressed, it really activates our fight or flight system in our body and that cortisol is, re is released. And because of that, th those stress reactions, it causes all kinds of negative reactions in our bodies, which cause disease. Absolutely. Um, and you could speak to that a lot. So <laughs> as a physician, I see that all the time. And that is a, a great reason just overall for our mental health, our emotional health, our relational health, our health, our relationships, our physical health. All of every element of ourselves can benefit from unforgiveness, our spiritual health. How could I forget that one? That was what I was going to say when you were saying before, when it's, it's hard for people to admit that they have unforgiveness. I think sometimes people realize that the scripture says that if there's any unforgiveness in your heart, that, you know, God may not hear your prayer. So I think sometimes people don't want to admit that there's any unforgiveness because they want to have a clean heart when they're praying to God so that God will hear their prayers. So I think mm -hmm. the spiritual aspect gets played into there as well. Yeah. I, yeah. That's a good point. You know, and I hadn't even thought about it that way, but thanks for sharing that. But yeah, that's so true. Well, this has been an enlightening discussion. I think that forgiveness is so, so, so important. And I'm, I know that anybody who listened to this conversation got some insight on it because I know that I did. So how can we reach out to you if we want to listen to your podcast or if we want to uh, join your community or do some unforgiveness work with you? Just let us know all your socials. Sure. The best way that you can find me is on my website and you'll find links to everything that you mentioned, my podcast, um, they can join my community. Um, I have some free resources on there or if they have, to, if they'd like to talk to me one-on-one, -on -one, um, they can find me at freed love.com. That's F R E E D the number two love.com. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. And I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you for listening to this episode of SOAR. If you'd like to reach me for coaching, you can reach me at www.stephaniebrowncoaching.com. And if you want to follow SOAR, you can follow Sisters Overcoming and Rising on Instagram or Stephanie Brown Coaching on Facebook. Goodbye for now.